0: We have to make sure we provide the space for all agreements to be heard so that then we can kick the ones out that are bad. There you go.
1: I mean, that eight or 9% um, IPA doesn't hurt. I'm just saying, that's all I'm saying.
0: Well,
2: yeah, a lot of, a lot can be solved depending on the ABV.
1: (laughs) I think that's the show title. (laughs) It's a long one,
0: but we'll parse it down.
1: We'll (laughs) We'll get it down there.
0: What's your what's your ABB?
1: What's your ABB? <laughs>
2: Welcome to episode 269 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverend Shannon Weston Ogunholder and yours truly, yes, it's me in the mask, Brian Burkhoff address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good
0: brew in hand. Did I say that it's Halloween. Yeah, it's also through a muffled mask, which we got. And going you're gonna on. regret
1: that when you're uh, editing audio later. You're gonna be oh, like, "Why did I do that?" You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's
0: Lord, start over. <clears throat> Let's not start over. Now so you are like you're...
1: the you know, like the Tin Man mummy or something. <laughs>
0: right, there, there, there. You go. We're not starting over. We're keeping all this in. Uh, so, whether you're a longtime listener or new to the show, you can get more content. Uh, by visiting patreon.com ptlive live like our pre-show today where brian tried on all his masks and apparently he's got a lot of them and we're finally settling on hips to ghoul uh right now so it's a it's a good video day um for that reason um so you can sign on to get more content more pre-show banter i also have the hiccups right now so between brian muffled mask me got the hiccups this is a great audio day for all of us <laughs> Ooh, that goes again, patreoncom slash btlive, and I will shut up now.
1: So today we discuss ghosts, judgment, and the journey. Um, so if Brian can drink through his mask, we'll find out what he's drinking.
2: <laughs> Ooh, yes! Can I? Well, do you have uh, a straw?
1: Listen.
2: Today I've got uh writer's tears, triple distilled. Nice. <laughs> writer's tears, triple distilled <laughs> Irish whiskey.
1: Wow. I, I think just
2: at this point, I just take the mask off. I'm yeah. taking the mask off because you're going to lift what? it up every time we have to talk. That's People no want to hear what I'm saying and not, you know,
0: try to figure out sure. via the audio. There What's the go. going on. So there you go. And arguably mask and real face. I mean, you know, equally. Yeah. Right. Equally. I mean, sp- that equally was a scary. preview of 10 years from now. <laughs> there you go. Or 10 years ago um i am drinking a local moroccan beer i think they had this before flag is special, but this is their this is their black version uh so i don't know i guess it's okay, a dark what, lager. what time
1: is it where you are you've been drinking all day that's why you get the hiccups right <laughs> no,
0: seriously it is it is eight still after 8 p.m um there you go. so what is it that's uh that's three eastern time
1: yep yeah,
0: and i had wine I, I i had a few glasses of wine for lunch because uh my partner's sister is visiting from france and there's and she's you know the french she's going through like bottles of wine like while she's cooking while we're eating <laughs> like it's just wine all the time so yeah there's that what are you drinking Jan?
1: I am drinking one of my favorite fall beers, the Foxy IPA, which is one of the only IPAs I drink. It's by Union Brewing. Nice. Um, and it's a cute little heartbreaker. Sweet little lovemaker is the description of it. So, uh, OK, so, uh, you know,
0: can it's you a, relate? Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know if I'm cute or little, <laughs>
0: I'll give you a cute. I'll give you a (laughs) cute. Sometimes, sometimes Sometimes you're sweet. sweet.
1: Um, Sometimes you're sweet. Definitely a love maker. I'll put that one on. Yeah, there you go.
0: There you go.
1: Yeah, I have been a heartbreaker. I have heart. I have broken hearts. I don't know if I've been a heartbreaker. I think those are two different things.
2: On to today's topics. Well. You'll probably tune into this after Halloween, but uh, happy Halloween to those tuning in live and hope it was a happy Halloween uh, for you wherever you are. It is a snow full-on snowstorm here in West Michigan, so that's kind of sad for trick-or-treaters because I know my daughter does not have a warm costume, so we'll see how many houses she gets <laughs> through. Woo. Well, we
1: We were like 80 degrees and then yesterday like slowly through the afternoon it dropped then it rained and now it's like 50 and it's not a snowstorm i'm not telling you that but i was like that 80 degrees couldn't have held on one more day like just one one more more day day, please
2: like for the love exactly all right so speaking of halloween what is
0: the scariest movie that you have watched I don't, I don't do horror movies. I don't, I don't like the, like there's, I mean, I got enough reasons to have too much adrenaline running through my system. I got enough stress in my life. Right. I don't need to watch horror movies. However, I just got through the fall of the house of Usher. Yeah. On Netflix. You got to watch that. That's some good stuff right there. All right. Highly, highly recommend. It's not, it's not horror, but there is like some scary supernatural elements to it there's it's a little gory um it's based on a short story by um edgar Allan poe so it's you know it's oh i thought it was done. like a
1: documentary on usher i was like what happened with usher no, that's what i poe. thought too
0: many when, I- <laughs> it, yes, poe. Poe. when i when i first saw the title i was like wait what's happening what? with usher now <laughs> like, i knew good? it no, right exactly. away and
2: i was like i can't believe they made a whole show off this poem so awesome short
0: story short story not one but well, either way
2: poetic short story yes
0: either way um it was good and, and i really enjoyed it so um i highly recommend
1: i don't i don't do i really don't do scary movies um but we, you know, we did watch Get Out a couple of years ago and yeah. Yeah. like I and and to the point that like. I can't do it like I can't do those kind of movies, but these like psychological. Horror movies, but I, I, I want to support those movies, but I just can't watch the rest of them. Like I can't watch us and I can't watch them and I can't like I just I, I can't do it. But yeah, anyway. I don't know if it's the scariest movie, like there was a movie as a child. I don't remember what it was, but like I had nightmares about it and like, um, it, it, I don't know. It was bad, but like a girl got mixed up in a um, combine and like died and it was anyway, whatever. I, I have no idea what it was, but I was way too young to be watching it. Let me put it that way.
2: There you go. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, Jordan Peeley as a newer movie, I think it's available on Amazon Prime called Nope. And I yeah, that's a great movie. That was I see they're great
0: a lot.
1: movies. I just can't do it. I just I liked it a lot.
0: And 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 that wasn't straight up horror in the traditional sense of no. like, you know, the yeah, that was that was just like it was intense.
2: like Yeah, it was like you know good anticipation. It built a lot of like yes. you know what's gonna happen in a way yes. that had you sort of on the edge of your seat, but not in a gory or you know. Yeah gross way
1: my favorite thing about um i watched something where he was talking about how he came up with the title and he was like i want something that when black people see the trailer they go nope (laughs) and like that's literally why he called the movie that
2: (laughs) Uh, yeah perfect i love it so much i think the movie that got me the scared the most uh when i watched it the first time was the ring i don't know if you've seen yeah i didn't I, i didn't do that no that is scary wow that one at least you know i don't remember when i watched it it's not a new movie by any means um but sort of for me a classic scary movie uh is the shining i love the
0: shining oh yeah it's i did see that yes so good it's a classic it, it is a good movie it is a good movie no i shining, just read no this
1: polterdice no what's the Alfred hitchcock this... one with the shower scene what's that one
0: the what Oh, uh, uh, um,
1: Al- Alfred Hitchcock movie with the very famous shower scene. Oh,
0: the... uh, yes, right.
1: I have seen that all,
0: one. All our old brains just froze up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Does what was continue. the one? What was the one about the priest Norman on the Bates, island? But
1: what's ah, anyway, I'm gonna look it up. You go. Oh,
0: Midnight what Mass. Was the, Midnight Mass. We talked about that a while back. That was actually a good one. I think that was maybe
1: Psycho. The most
0: horror thing psycho, right that was maybe the most horror thing that i've seen that i've seen you know in a while that midnight mass that and, was and
2: it was well done
0: and i think the same guy i think the same guy who directed that directed Fall of the house of usher mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. uh, there's there's that connection but that or wrote the script or whatever but there's some the connection Netflix. to those two. but yeah but i just Netflix. want the
1: trailer to be follow the house of usher to be that meme where he's like watch me watch me anyway <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) sorry i can't let it go (laughs) what's the other one what's the one with kathy bates where she's the caretaker
2: oh yeah classic
1: yeah the other one that i watched as a kid way too young was cape fear oh and
2: yeah no never saw it no (laughs) didn't need that
1: no i did not need i I did not need more scary in my life as a child (laughs) nor in my adult life
2: there are some movies, you know, like, ah, what's the one with,
1: um, butterfly.
2: No, um, not butterfly.
1: Oh, uh, silence of the lambs.
0: Silence of the lambs. There's a butterfly, like on the movie.
1: Misery book. is the one I'm thinking of.
0: Oh, misery. But those, I wouldn't call qualify those as horror though.
1: It's definitely not scary. It's scary movie. That's scary. the question. The You're question right. is about yeah. scariest movie.
0: Yeah, I went Halloween horror, but yes, Silence of the Lambs was definitely psychologically frightening. Oh, um, oh, fun fact. Wait, the worst. Uh,
1: The original Halloween was filmed in my hometown.
0: Oh, based on a, a true true story. With, I don't know. It's scary. <laughs> and then there were the scream movies, which, yeah, um, you know that intersection between funny and scary. Right, um, as as well. And have you guys seen They clone Tyrone? You all gotta watch no. that movie. I think it's either Netflix or Amazon. I think it's Netflix. They clone Tyrone. Trust me, trust me. They cloned. You Tyrone. gotta watch it. They cloned.
1: Tyrone. I have heard that it's very good.
0: That yeah. sounds good. It's very, it's very good.
2: <sighs> all right. Well, do you believe? Ghosts are real. Have you ever had uh, an experience or encounter um, with someone that has died, and you felt like it was more than just I'm remembering them? Like it was something else.
0: You know this question last year? Yeah, yeah I feel, as I asked it, I feel <laughs> like yeah, we'll try this. It's, it's our it's our an, it's our annual Halloween question. This yeah. is for the new listeners that we've picked up since our last yeah, yeah. Halloween of show. Of
1: course, yes. <laughs> for you, we will answer it again.
0: Yeah. Yes, I have those experiences. I've had that experience, but I don't believe in ghosts per se. I mean, if we if we're if we're thinking of ghosts as like you know the the spirits of the departed that you know stuck on Earth or whatever, or you know can traverse, yeah. transverse the veil between the living and the the afterlife. I don't know that I believe in that per se, but I had some experiences after Jennifer died um, in 2015 that really felt more than just uh, me thinking of her, like really feeling her presence and visualizing her presence in a way that I didn't I didn't conjure up. it 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 happened to me. Um, and at the same time, I always go back to that wonderful quote from the last book in Harry Potter when, you know, he's he's been zapped by Voldemort and he's in this, this nether space with... Dumbledore that looks like a train station and he asks Dumbledore is this real or is this just happening inside my head and Dumbledore says like what's the difference so so that's kind of where I go to right because I was in such a a grief-stricken emotional space that it didn't seem far-fetched that I would have these experiences that really evoked her presence now does that mean she was there in some you know spectral spirit form I, I mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot about what happens beyond our five senses that I don't know that I can't explain. Um, so I remain agnostic on the, on the issue.
1: Yeah. I like my, if if you had to make me move in one camp or another, I think I would move in the no camp by given like what we think ghosts are. Um, and I I think where I come into play is like there is an energy exchanged between people and I'm not really sure how you live on this earth without impacting that collective unconscious and what does that mean for when we die? like are we just dead what happens to that kind of energy and spirit i don't know like i start to sound really woo woo when i get into it but i'm like i just don't yeah. know this is i don't know like what well they say you know like energy. where do we exist before we're born like we exist we just don't we're not manifested yet so whatever you know mm-hmm
0: they say energy is what neither create nor destroy just transform so so if you believe in the energy of a vital life force or something yeah what happens to that when the physical form ends and and is that form conscious and can that form communicate with those who are alive and there's enough anecdotal i guess um evidence that like show that like some weird shit happens um and some unexplained things and at the same time it's like hmm, you know I i don't know so like the same this is the same question i think i can throw in the camp of reincarnation like i don't know reincarnation is a real thing but you have evidence of like kids who know things they shouldn't know and can do things they shouldn't be able to do that really embody the essence of those who someone who came before them so or demon possession yeah. there's the third option <laughs> that we can't rule out
1: <laughs> going back to poltergeist
0: <laughs> yes and exorcist back to movies exorcist oh,
1: back to the exorcist well that, but speaking that was of was nice so yeah. i just watch i was on several planes the last few weeks and i watched past lives have you all watched past lives yet?
0: Is this a, is this a Korean movie?
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's yeah, about a Korean I've woman s- and her, and her like childhood friend.
0: Yes. Yes, yes. 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 It is. I've first I've s- seen a lot of it, not all of it, but some of it.
1: It is a beautiful film. I mean, it is absolutely stunning. I'm like, I need to rewatch it. Cause I was like watching it on my phone, you know, like on mm-hmm. a plane. But, um, so I need to like rewatch it at home. Stunning, stunning film but they talk about this like concept of and i'm not going to remember the korean word so i'm not going to say it but this concept of like everyone we meet in life somehow we knew them of some sort you know kind of thing um and i you know it really got me thinking about this in this way of like i'm not really sure that i'm like i used to be this and i like whatever i am i think is new in this form but that doesn't like if we talk about that energy or spirit that doesn't mean that i am not a collection of what came before me in some form or another so um and we know that through dna too i i think that's yeah. really interesting um that i am somehow this collection of people that came before me in resulting in in a unique me but nonetheless i i find it really fascinating really really interesting
0: and 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 that things that we know now that things like trauma can be passed on genetically like mm-hmm. that's a real thing which yeah. is i find frankly frankly amazing um and terrifying uh, and terrifying um back to back to movie/tv shows that are scary and are and related to this have you watched the series evil no um i oh my god i think By it's, the way, it's a Half Life is not thing. scary
1: but you know no
0: it's a it's a love story basically yeah. um but evil it's this t- it's this team of Uh, It's made up of a psychiatrist, a priest in training and like basically an atheist, skeptical like tech guru. And they work for the Catholic Church and they uh, they go on these assignments to sort of verify if a demonic possession is actually real or just an elaborate hoax. Nice. So this is the whole, or you know, or or there's good. or that there, or that there's some rational explanation behind what's happening, and it's and it's fascinating because it takes some turns I didn't see coming because it starts off with, for the most part, they're explaining these things rationally, okay, right. whether it's an intended hoax or, yeah. you know, some weird fumes got in the house and people acting weird or whatever. Uh, so, but then you see there's also this. This like subplot of there's something actually supernatural happening oh, yeah. as well. So it's making it ends up making believers out of skeptics and skeptics out of believers. And it's a really, really good show. I think by third season it really does start to go off the rails a little bit, but um I I recommend as well. We're checking out at, at least out. the first two seasons. Ryan,
1: I wonder um what your psychic thinks about this.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what what does my psychic think about this my goodness yeah i tend to lean against the idea of ghosts um but i i think like you both have indicated not gonna like hard and fast or shut the door or be like oh no you know that's impossible or um because things do happen that feel like you know what is going on there and uh you know, when I am a ghost one day, I don't want to be like, you know, I didn't even believe in myself
0: sort of thing. (laughs) Okay, then. Um, Oh, I just, oh my god, I just watched another movie that was kind of horror thriller. It was. I forget what it was called, but the whole premise was. I think we're, the we're to on about the movie movies. discussion. Like I think we're on to
2: the next part.
0: <laughs> you, Pandora's box. You open Pandora's box. Uh, yeah, All right. The I don't think we're scary. allowed to
1: have questions about movies anymore.
0: <laughs> oh my god! So 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 we talked about ghosts. What about demons? And then that's a whole other thing. Can you believe in God and not believe in demons? Right. That's fair. Yeah. Is it from? For me, the answer is yes, you can.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, yeah. Can I watch me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh.
2: Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, because you know, there is this one story in the Bible, uh, in first Samuel, where the witch of Endor is consulted by Saul to conjure up or summon the spirit of the tiny little
1: ewoks. Yes.
2: (laughs) Well, clearly. He had some Ewoks. Sorry. He had a connection through the Ewoks to this witch. Right. And <laughs> wants to summon the spirit of the prophet Samuel, who's died like some years or year prior. But the crazy part is she successfully, according to the text, conjures up Samuel, who's a little bit cranky. And like, why did you disturb me? So like, what's happening there? Is this is she doing a magic trick? Is this... uh you know, just the ancient mindset that you know heard a funny sound and turned that into actually it was Samuel and here's exactly what he said. What do you think?
1: I think I said this last year, but what I think about this is that if you if you go to the point that like our our minds are amazing things and we have great imaginations, and I think that if you create if someone believes in something enough they can believe it's really happening right so if saul wants like he wants this desperately enough to hear from samuel then he will believe that he heard from samuel that that's what i think about it what about you shiny devil
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean and this is one of those things where people will take take the bible literally but then they'll be like oh but no that doesn't happen or that's you know pretend or not real but there are other things that they'll believe you know well sure jesus walked on water or some other thing um, but they'll dismiss this one because it doesn't fit theologically
1: the realest part of this story is that samuel was super cranky
2: like when
1: he got woken up that Mm. is the realest part of the story and if there are ghosts and that you can conjure the spirit that they would be like what the fuck dude like i was sleeping
0: yeah yeah this is why this is why i don't i don't believe lazarus was as much in love with jesus after he was risen after jesus resurrected him than than before because because i always say this to people like now he's got to go through this again yeah, he's got to go yeah. through this again. He's got to literally die twice. Yeah, and all that that entails. Plus, I get the feeling that you know, harken back to the what might happen in the afterlife on the other side of the veil. Um, if you, if that is an experience that is you know positive and like just light and love and oneness with the universe, and you get pulled back from that to this shit show. Like I'd be pretty pissed too. Like, you know, send send me back, yeah. uh, sort of deal. So um, I don't, I don't, yeah, the the crankiness, the crankiness tracks, and um, but I think this story is just a lovely metaphor around stop trying to seek wisdom outside of yourself. Like you, you trust, Ooh. trust your inner wisdom. Ooh. Um, trust, trust your inner knowing, trust. Whether that's divinity within you or your instincts, trust that rather than, you know, try to rely on, on things outside of yourself. And again, that's not to say that it means you know everything or that you shouldn't seek to educate yourself or that none of that. But ultimately, ultimately trust yourself and, you know. Saul shouldn't have been king anyway, so he didn't mm. know what he was doing. Mm. <laughs> Which is There's why that.
1: I wanted Samuel's approval.
0: Yeah.
2: Fair enough, fair enough. And if there was a deeper message about trust your inner knowing, I'm not sure Saul was picking up on that lesson. But there
0: wasn't. And Samuel's all it's really like, really hard for dude,
1: a narcissist I, to do that.
0: Right. <laughs> exactly. I I didn't choose you when I was alive. Why would I choose you now? What are you helping know, him out after yeah. in
2: bed? We've been over what's, this. What's the point? Exactly. No, no, Barney, we've made our decision. <laughs> <a> classic
1: um, <sighs> SNL
2: skit, Chippendales with uh, Chris Farley.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> sorry. Thanks, Brian. We get and
1: Patrick it. Swayze. Patrick yep.
2: Swayze. Mm-hmm. Rest, in, got... rest in peace. I was going to no. say,
1: RIP. I, P. I forget he's dead.
2: Speaking of ghosts.
1: Oh, they... but oh. Yeah. Um.
2: You know, that's what
1: I haven't watched in a while. Okay, no more movies, sorry.
2: All right, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, We've, we've kiboshed that. All right, so we've got an anonymous quote where it says, no matter what you do, someone will always talk about you. Someone will always question your judgment. Someone will always doubt you. So just smile and make the choices you can live with.
1: Can I just say that I really love that that's anonymous because most of the people that talk about you and judge you are, well, I heard from someone who I won't tell you, who said this about you. Right. <laughs> I right.
0: think they're anonymous because they don't they want they don't want to be judged about that statement. That's it's fair, why we right? it's
1: why we ask for a friend, right?
2: <laughs>
0: exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. But okay, so human experience, right? Uh, people will question your judgment they'll say things about you behind your back so okay setting aside how beautiful the quote is or not you know have you how have you dealt with this personally and how is that last piece of advice um is it easier said than done or or do you find no i can just do that i can just smile do what i believe in my inner core is the right thing and people can say what they want
0: well, depending on what they say, I'm still, regardless of what they say, I'm going to make the choices I can live with. But depending on what they say will determine if I smile or if I cast them out.
1: As because, I was gonna say.
0: yeah. Maybe ahead.
1: it's just my aversion to being told to smile, but like, mm-mm. but <laughs> I will say that the last part, ugh, I hate this, but like, it's true. The last part is getting a little easier with age. Sure. Like, of like, it it comes with the years of the first part of this quote being true the truth is is that no matter what i do somebody's not going to like it or somebody's going to talk about me or somebody's going to judge my decisions and my choices you know it, no matter what and so yeah i have to make the choices that i can at the end of the day i need to be able to look at myself in the mirror you know right and live with myself um or be held accountable to the people that i choose you know anyway so so I, no don't don't say it i
0: i uh I, it's easier i it's easier for me to smile when it's about um someone questioned my judgment on my choices it's less easier to smile when they are questioning um m- me and my values um yeah. so so i make a distinction between those two and this this came up a lot when you know i was the pastor of a church people's people right. will make some stuff up that you just can't believe right yeah like, right and like where did it
1: come from right, right? Like- <laughs>
0: exactly so so a lot of the stuff was just so crazy all i could do was laugh because yeah. i'm like this is this is unreal but some of the things were like were like attacks on my character and attacks on yeah. on me and those I wasn't as smiley about. Um,
1: well and those I, I
0: took more personal.
1: And I do think there's a part missing here, which is like I I am not a punching bag. So like yes, people can judge me, people are going to talk about me, but like you don't you don't get to abuse me. And that I think that that this isn't this, this quote isn't necessarily addressing that and yet that is part of this, right? So if you are repeatedly talking to say my children or in my job or you are if you are tipping over into slandering now we have an issue right
0: yeah that's what it is yeah yeah and then especially if again back to the church context because church especially if then what they're saying is affecting the entire like climate and culture yeah of, right. of the church um, yes, like exactly. then then it, then it becomes an, an an issue um and i <laughs> I remember I remember when um when I when I started the job there at the last church I was at and I was living or two churches ago rather um the one in Massachusetts and I was living like you know like a 10 minute drive from the church was so the, the one town over and still in the same area and then for for I moved to about almost an hour away and I moved because Joy wanted to get closer to downtown Boston for better for better dance studios. And and then also moving in with my girlfriend. We've been together for like a year and a half, going on two years, and she lived down that way. And the commute was getting old, and she was a middle school teacher. So it made f- and Boston rent, like ain't ain't nobody living in Boston and getting a decent place on, on a minister's salary. So For all those reasons, I decided to move down there. And people lost their shit about this. And and people are like, you know, he thinks he's better than us. And he wants to go live there. And and it was just like some craziness. And there were actually a couple of people who left the church because of this. And all of a sudden, it became like, and first of all, it was very incredulous. Because I was like, I don't understand where he... Last time I checked, you have a job, you show up to it, regardless of where you live. (laughs) And if I'm choosing to give myself a long commute, that's on me. But it was kind of sort of ridiculous. But and I didn't take it seriously at first. I was like, oh, whatever. But then but then that started to really fester for Mm. a lot of people. And I had to do a whole I had to do a whole like congregational meeting and talk about this, which I thought was just stupid, you know? And, and what put it to bed was, was kind I will never forget this. He stood up and said, you know, when I first heard that, I wasn't happy with it either. But then I remembered when we first hired you before you moved to Massachusetts, you were actually commuting between here and DC and you got to work. So if you could manage that, living a 45 to 50 minute drive away should be doable.
1: Right. I was like, thank you.
0: But it was, it was kind of ridiculous that, that it was an issue, but then the issue became because I thought I was somehow better than them. And, um, and that had to do with the neighborhood I was moving to and all sorts of weird things. And I was like, y'all come check where I'm living. Trust me. It ain't I I ain't moving into no mansion. I'm moving into like a duplex. Like it's not, it's not all that. So it was just, it was just fast data. And I noticed how I, how angry I was becoming when I realized that that was what was circulating. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. as as well because yeah, it's personal at first right?
2: people are questioning your judgment your commitment to the community right and
0: e- exactly and at first i was like you know this is just people being activated because of that like you know your minister needs to live in your community and he used to be accessible and like you know be there for you at a moment's notice and now he won't do that because he's this far away but then when it became that like he's doing this to like Right. Elevate himself above us like that. I was like, no, no, no. We got, we right. got, we got to address that. Right, people, man, people. Yeah, it is hard. It's
2: hard to to let go, uh chatter, especially in in the era of social media. Um, you know, sometimes things come around that maybe weren't intended to be seen or heard by you, and then you mm-hmm. find right. out, or you have someone who it came across their circle, and they're a confidant, and will tell you. And that's just not easy to let go of. But I do think there is something about making the choices you can live with, the choices that align with uh, you know who you want to be and how you want to live your life. And if you don't like that, see ya. Yeah, we're not we're not here to we're not here we to maybe make not see ya, but you know, like you can deal with it.
0: Or sometimes see ya. <laughs> or like we, we're we're not compelled to keep everybody we've ever met in our circle. Fair. Some people got to go. <laughs>
2: All right. Author uh, Philip Yancey has said, we do well to remember that the Bible has far more to say about how to live during the journey than about the ultimate destination or where the journey ends. Um, Do you think that's accurate statement? Uh, And if so, uh, why might that matter?
1: I feel like he stole it from some hikers.
2: (laughs) Yeah, or like a zen, you know, or like a...
1: (laughs) Right, Uh, this is a very like...
0: Pulled that off the Appalachian Trail.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, that's my question
0: about, you know, him assigning... Life is a
1: journey, not about the destination, like... (sighs) Right. I mean, so in this case, especially in a Philippiansy circle, like the destination is heaven, right? Like that's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what we're talking about here and so, yeah, in that case, like that's what the Bible's about. The Bible isn't about how to it's not a how-to guide, right? Like how to get to heaven, yeah, um, but what well, is some would Car- say
0: that it
2: some would know. say that it is <laughs> what does Belinda Carlisle have to say
1: What does Brandy Carlisle have to
2: say? Belinda Carlisle?
1: Oh, Belinda,
0: who's Belinda Carlisle?
1: Um, heaven is a place on earth Ooh, baby,
0: do you know oh. Gotcha. Exactly. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Brian is shocked that I'm getting his references today.
0: <laughs> so am I, actually.
1: <laughs> I yes, of course. I just also I you know this is one of those things that like um it's such a. I don't, I almost called it a basic statement, but it's such a broad strokes kind of statement that I'm like, yeah, of course it is. But like, it also isn't a step-by-step thing, a guide that like people think it is. And whether the destination is heaven, whether destination is a better life, right? This is what people have written billions of books about, the like purpose-driven life stuff, you know? Like we're trying to figure it out. And -hmm. there are stories in the Bible of people that, figured it out well and there are stories of the people that people didn't figure out very well like and we need to learn both of those stories and all of those stories and sometimes people didn't do very well and then they did do well and sometimes people did well and then they didn't so you know
2: and how many of the stories were about the destination
1: almost see, that's the weird thing about scripture we know that like we know what happened right but like this is real life for them do you know what i mean
0: yeah well towards you know i mean jesus did talk a lot about you know going to prepare a place for you and you know when when the son of man is is ascended and all the things so so there was towards the end there was a lot of that, whether, again, he said it or it was it was written in later to right. you know, justify his his will and crucifixion. But the point is that he did he did speak to that um, a, a lot. There wasn't there. it. My memory of the Bible, which I haven't read in a very long time, there wasn't a lot of talk about that in the Old Testament, per se. <laughs> right? right. But but it got it got very much about like you know the new testament became very much about reuniting with christ later and christ coming back and and but vanquishing evil and all that all that i mess. even wonder
1: right is that is that really did jesus really talk about it that often or was that the pressing question of the communities that these gospels were written for and so it was a thread throughout to help them wrestle with that question not mm-hmm. that Jesus never spoke about it, but I really do question whether it was as predominant in his ministry as the, as the Gospels write it down.
2: Well, yeah, and there's also our, our understanding and interpretation of what he was saying, and I think we've been trained, or many of us who... Grew up in western christianity to see a lot of his statements about gehenna for example as being about like everlasting hell and it may well have been sort of a metaphor um referring to an actual place on the map um and we the burning, see the
0: burning right? the in trash he upside like down
2: <laughs> right and we and you see a lot more of that sort of language in the latest gospel gospel of john compared to mark which you know, so then how much theological development is happening as the gospels are, you know, being developed and finally written down. Um, to get to that point, you know, how much did Jesus your point, Ogan? How much did Jesus actually say himself? But he certainly and, spoke and, plenty about the
0: journey as well. And maybe yeah, he did about, you know, the He, he yeah. did, but then we have a whole book, the very last book, the the you know, the 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 conclusion, the what do you call it, the 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 epilogue? The very last book of the Bible that speaks specifically to the destination and right. what will and how we will know that we're getting to that destination, you know, and and to you know, again make that connection to to all the mess that's happening in Israel and Gaza right now, all the Christians who are invested mm-hmm. in and in we 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 need to have some massive war happening there. That's how we know that we've reached. We've reached the end times and this, all of this will be done and, you know, we, we can, we can get raptured up or we finally going to get to heaven. So there's, there's a lot of investment in, in a lot of religious and theological investment in some circles for war in that, in that area of the world, which, which again, talk about, talk about, misreading and misinterpreting scripture that's leading to some bad policies and this is what scares me about we 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 mentioned this briefly in the preacher which scares me about this dude who is like the new speaker of the house because he's like you know hardcore bible literalist which is that's not going to end well here he is
1: (laughs) 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 <laughs> Brian's going as him for Halloween. Yeah,
2: exactly. It's my Mike Johnson uh disguise. Oh my goodness Plus his
1: name's Mike Johnson, and like that's hard. I don't know. Like it's just
2: <laughs> there was a hilarious SNL with uh Biden, the, the I think Saturday night, Biden did, you know, their Biden guy did yeah. cold open Halloween cold open, and Mike Johnson comes in and he just can't remember his name. He's like, you know, Mike Johnson. It's like the most forgettable name you could imagine.
1: Right.
2: Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, Archbishop Oscar Romero once said, a church that doesn't provoke any crisis, a gospel that doesn't unsettle, a word of God that doesn't get under anyone's skin. What kind of gospel is that? Preachers who avoid every thorny matter so as not to be harassed do not light up the world. Well, in his time they also don't
0: keep their jo- they also don't keep their jobs a lot of times so you know do what you will with that some some, some people got some people got miles to feed
2: <laughs> yeah right <sighs> well and his story he spoke out against social injustice and violence amid the escalating conflict between the military government and left wing insurgents leading up to the salvadoran civil war and while he was leading the celebration of mass in March, 1980 was assassinated because he was seen as uh, a political problem. He was speaking up too much uh, and the powers that be didn't like it. And he's, you know, and that I guess gives his words a little more cred or a little more uh, authenticity because he lived what he preached and it cost him his life. But like Ogan said, you know, some of us got mouths to feed responsibility maybe don't want to get shot while leading a, a worship service, but also stuff has to be said. So how do you freaking balance that being the prophetic voice and not like be, having a target on your back?
0: Well, I think this harkens back to the earlier question around uh, when you asked about people talking about you, you're never mm-hmm. going to make it regardless of where you are, whether you become the provocateur or you just, you know, play the status quo, there's always gonna be people who are not happy with you. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I always did ministry and continue to do ministry from the mantra of comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Um, and And I certainly model that after Jesus. Jesus did a masterful job of doing both of those things. And I think that's what we as clergy, especially in spiritual leaders, are called to do and also called to put a lot of what's happened in the world in a spiritual context. Otherwise, the you know, any spiritual teaching can re- remain separate. It becomes compartmentalized and church and religion just becomes a Sunday morning activity as opposed to way of being in the world so so we have to talk about these things and you know there's there's a lot of gray area between talking about these things and inviting people to apply a theological or spiritual um you know lens to it you know versus picking a side about a thing and and i think that's where and i think that's where this quote really can um is is an invitation to or or speaks to the picking aside um and and i think a lot of times um clergy for the sake of job preservation try to thread that needle between right. like i'll speak to this issue without taking aside um about it i'll speak to how uh you know jesus or the gospel or the tenets of my faith can can invite you into a deeper dialogue about this issue, but I'm not going to pick a side. And I think that can only go so far. Like at some point, I believe you you have to go like, okay, this fundamentally wrong. This is a fundamental injustice happening. Yes, it's okay to pick a side uh, about, about things, but, but I think ultimately it's, You know, you know, can you can you sleep at night with the choices you made? And some, unfortunately, some people can sleep at night, like threading that needle. Some people can sleep at night not saying anything disturbing or provocative or challenging. Um, And some of us can't. So, you know, there's a there's a place for everyone.
1: I do think it's easy, easier to go in the macro because it's Oscar Romero, right? Like that. This is about speaking out politically and this is, you know, this bigger, but I, I, as it, like, as I was reading the quote this time, I'm, I'm also thinking about, you know, I'm working with churches differently now, right. Not as the pastor right. and as, you know, coaching them through processes and things like that. And I'm also, and working with, let's be honest, right. Like the churches that hire me are very progressive churches And yet they're still struggling um, with this all are welcome. And there's an asterisk to that all are welcome, right? Which is the all are welcome who agree with us on these issues. And and there's nothing wrong with that because these are churches that those, um, the categories of which they are welcoming are the people who were rejected elsewhere. Particularly in Christian churches. So there's nothing wrong with that, but there is a little bit something wrong with the all are welcome, right? Because that's actually not true. But nonetheless, there's this kind of there's this fear of conflict. There's a lot of wound, wounded, especially religious wounded that come to these churches. There's a lot of fear of conflict to the point that, like, we don't actually make the best decision because we're so afraid to disagree with one another, because we're so desperate for belonging and community. And anyway, so I'm reading this from like this completely different angle um, in terms of like that gentle nudge, that gentle push, um, which is not so much where, what the quote is talking about, but more on like as a progressive Christian that we need to kind of reconcile and wrestle with and deal with. It's a very similar, you know, the same quote applies is what I'm trying to say
2: yeah
1: brian as someone who leads one of those churches what do you think about that
2: (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's it's uh i think you really do have to figure out where is your personal conscious conscience where do you feel the alignment of scripture and the values you see there um you know, where are they intersecting uh with the current event issue that you're thinking about speaking to? And if you feel like you have enough solid alignment there, even if it's not popular, um, then you might want to speak out, you know, and mm-hmm. it might feel like, well, there's some situations that are obvious, you know, climate change is a serious threat. Uh but what if, you know, there's something where There's a local situation that has to do with a protected body of water and there's something happening that's good for the city, but it's bad for the environment and it wouldn't be popular to maybe local elected officials, maybe some of whom worship at your church for you to speak out on that. And so like it can get real uh, thorny or this current Middle East issue where, you know, we've talked about it last week, you know, where there's. It's thorny, it's it's complex. Uh, are there injustices happening? Yes, and it's not just simply a one-sided thing. like it's it's there's layers and it's difficult to speak to. Uh, so ugh, I think you got to figure out what what you feel needs to be said in that moment. and are you the one to say it and also remembering like, you know you're one voice and there's many others. and so it often is also important. To lift up voices, especially for me as a, as a straight white uh, male preacher, lift up voices closer to the situation and let their voices be heard and let people be impacted by those voices more than like, hey, I've got this opinion.
1: Just side note, did you all see the Onion article that was like, the Onion stands with Israel because it seems like you get less in less trouble for that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know... The thing I love about The Onion is, like, the last few years, it's been less satire and more <laughs> <I> know. <fun. laughs>
1: like, yes. Like, but they, I think they've found their equilibrium with that. Like, for a while, I was like, oh, God, Onion, stop. It's too real. But now they're, yes. like, funny again because they've, like, oh, yeah. leaned so far into that that, that, that it's funny yeah. again. But um, anyway. Well, but yeah, I... Anyway, good. Well, they right. had
2: one more. They had one more. Uh that was the onion and it said Israeli Israeli military says it was you the reader who blew up the
0: hospital. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my
1: god. <sighs> but I I So for me there's there's a couple of things, right? Like I I think there are some ethical boundaries um of like I never explicitly told someone who'd have like it never stood up in a pulpit and said vote for vote this way or vote for this thing right which you're not supposed to
2: as far as candidates
1: right exactly and like there's an ethical boundary there and yet so like that you get around that by like talking about issues i was gonna say we didn't but we did (laughs) so it was really funny so i was i was at a church on sunday And the pastor, um, they were like, fellowship time afterwards. And uh, the pastor was like, oh, my God, please make sure you vote and vote for this person. I mean, I'm talking as an individual citizen right now, like (laughs) during fellowship time. Love it. Love it. As an individual citizen, I am saying, like, please. I mean, that is different
2: than saying it from the pulpit, but even saying it while still (laughs) on the job.
1: Yeah, I was like, whoa, that that happened. Um, But like we have, so not in Baltimore County, but like a a county adjacent from us, Carroll County, Maryland, like there are so, they're they're like the parent, the the crazy parents have gotten on the book banning wagon. And they're like, there's article after article on like how there are so many requests to ban books that like the public schools have just removed all the books, like all the books, because like they just can't deal with it right now. And so if I was in a pulpit in Carol County, like I wouldn't feel like I would have to speak on this, you know, like this actually to me is one of those things that I'm like, this is wrong. Like, this is wrong. This shouldn't be happening. And what are we as a church going to do about it? How are we going to talk about this? You know, what um, What you
0: should do as a church is start a movement to ban the Bible from schools because. Oh, my
1: God. Right. That Missouri if, thing, that was hilarious. Like, right? I'm sorry because all the so categories like that.
0: all the categories of which people are using rationalized book bannings apply to the bible apply
1: to the bible yep no absolutely
0: 100% yeah so i i think that would be a good a good get a group of churches together and go like if we ban in books then we got in good conscience ban the bible as well go so for exactly
1: just just to go back to this quote for a second, like, and to go back to my point a little bit, um, because it's the end, and and I was trying to look for the octane on this beer. It's high. I don't know what it is. You feeling it's, it? I'm <laughs> feeling it. So I just want to make sure. But like, uh, so it's funny. Ev- just about every conversation I have with a leader right now is about, um, somehow in the discussion, is about the difference between true conflict and disagreement, and that like we actually know more of what to do with true conflict than we do about disagreement. We have lost Mm -hmm. that art of disagreement. And so like, to go back to this quote of like, the gospel is unsettling. It just is right. At any point I can be in full agreement. I can be in full disagreement, like as one person. Um, So the fact that this idea that it wouldn't get under somebody's, that there wouldn't be disagreement at some point or another is ridiculous. Like it's just going to happen. And we have to figure out how to embrace that, learn how to argue again with each other in a productive way, you know, not just to change each other's minds and to be right, but to actually like engage in conversation, um, which is so very different than being in true conflict, right?
2: Yes, and we should be able to in this space of community have these conversations in a way where every opinion doesn't necessarily align and that's okay because part of how we learn is hearing different views and really wrestling with well what do I think is the right thing here and if someone that I can still be in relationship with says well I see it you know this way like to immediately say well that church doesn't say what I believe or I don't agree with that and leave right. to me is a a failure of what we need, which is to wrestle through stuff.
1: Yeah. Yep. And, and no- at the
0: same time, though, not all opinions deserve a platform. Oh, 100%. <laughs> right. I'm no. not saying and that. I, that's not what I'm, not I'm saying. saying
1: right. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, not in any way. I'm saying that I'm saying the fear of disagreement is actually, yeah. cre- okay. is helping to create, so we're not even talking to each other, right? Like- This
0: is, yes, agree. Well, Agreed. I won't even Agreed. give
1: my opinion because I'm so afraid to disagree with you, you know?
2: And this is part of the yeah. premise of Pup Theology, right? Where, quote, all perspectives are welcome. Of course, as Ogan just said, you know, not every perspective needs a platform. And I think that's sort of a, the group often will help, you know, self-regulate that. But there has to be a space, and space is, where we can wrestle
0: together around moral- we, issues. We, We have to make sure we provide the space for all agreements to be heard so that then we can kick the ones out that are bad. There you go.
1: I mean, that eight or nine percent IPA doesn't hurt. I'm just saying that's all I'm saying.
2: Well, yeah, a lot of a lot can be solved depending on the ABV.
1: (laughs) I think that's the show title.
0: (laughs) It's a long one, but we'll parse it down.
1: We'll We'll get it down there. (laughs) So in conflict, you, what's your
0: what's your ABV?
1: <laughs> what's your ABV? <laughs> thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre- and post-show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Our top cities tuning in this week are Gordonsville, Virginia, Joplin, Missouri, and Brooklyn, New York. Yay, Brooklyn. You can watch the videos of these conversations on Facebook Live and see all um, of Brian's masks. Um, oh, again, I think you should do a montage for the Facebook of all the masks. Because I think yeah, I don't just want- had the ghoul mask on in the beginning.
0: I don't want to work that hard.
1: <laughs> if you'd like to start a Pub Theology gathering in your town, find support and resources at PubTheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing.
0: I can definitely grab some screenshots. Uh I was gonna was say, I heard. think
1: we need some screenshots and like a Facebook poll of like who wore it best. Your,
0: yeah who wore brian yeah. best maybe yeah, yeah. Bit, right yeah.
2: and one with just like me without my hat on right that might be the scariest
1: i oh. like just oh. your like your your very pretty headshot <laughs>
0: yeah a mess a disaster